I want to talk to you this morning on this thought. Several weeks ago, the Lord laid it upon my heart about getting back to who he, who he is. I told the church Wednesday night that we've come through a time, a season where many of us, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad of that, that we're knowledgeable concerning the Scripture. We understand who God is. We understand church. We understand how to do church, basically. But I wonder sometimes if we've got so familiar with the Word that we have forgot about our relationship with Jesus. We forgot about Him. And we're not following Him exactly, doing everything that we already know that we ought to do. I read the scripture to the church Wednesday night about, you know, the, Peter was telling the, the, the congregation there, said, look, you have saw him. You've touched him. You know the things that he's already said, so why are you not following him? That's basically what he was asking. Why are you not following him if you already know what these things and these principles you've read about, you know about these things, you've read the law, you, you've studied all of that? So why then are you not following what he's already said? And really, when I think about that, I think that's really where we are today. We come to church week in and week out because that's what we're supposed to do. I come through a time when I was growing up that in South Mississippi, you didn't do anything else except go to church on Sunday morning. That's exactly what you did. But I've got to be honest with you. I got up this morning, and this is a thought that ran across my mind. I'll just, I'm just going to confess to you. If that's all, is that all right? Lord, this is going to be a pretty day. The sun is going to be out today. I wonder if we're going to have anybody in church today. Now, maybe it's just a pastor thing that does that. Because really, that's how we are. We'll get up one day, and, we, and it's nice outside, and it's sunshiny outside, and it feels so good. We're going to do other things. Again, I'm not, getting, I'm not fussing with anybody. I'm just saying where we are today in our culture. And so what I'll talk to you today about is this thought about determining, or get, it, get it settled, your path for this year. Get it settled. Don't waver from it. Get it settled. What direction am I going to go? Am I going to make a change? Am I going to make a new beginning? Am I going to make a start? Whatever it is going to be, what am I going to do? And make that change and do not waver from that. When you look in Psalms chapter 16, my, my main verse is going to be verse 11, but I want to start with verse number 1. Look at verse number 1 and 2. It says this. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Verse 2 says, O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Skip on down to verse number 5. Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and I have a good inheritance. Verse 7 says, I'll bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Now look at verse number 11. This is why. Because you 
show me the path of life. In your presence, Lord, there's a fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Why why, why do you keep saying that, Pastor? Because I'm hoping some of y'all will get an idea. All that some of us need to do, just grab hands with Jesus. Just get a hold of him. Just hold on to his nail-scarred hand. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. More. Why? Because he instructs me. He shows me the path that I need to take. He directs my footsteps every day. He focuses his life upon my life and mine upon his. And he tells me and he speaks those things to me. And if all I can do is be sensitive to the Father and sensitive to his voice in this year of 2019, then I can follow him exactly the way that he wants me to follow him. Amen. I'm not saying there's not going to be bumps in the road. I'm not saying there's not going to be pressures and things and hardships that we have to overcome. I'm not saying any of that, but along with that, God's going to be there. And God is going to sustain us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, one more time, God, we lift you up. We give you honor and we give you praise. Now take these words, take my tongue, take my thoughts, and I surrender them to you. Let me say what these people need to hear today. Let me say exactly what they need. Let them hear, God, your voice, your word coming through my lips today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. On this, um, this first day of the year, first Sunday of the year, rather, really, when you think about it, we stand facing the journey is unclear. We've had a few days, and this is, uh, this is uh, January 6th, first Sunday of 2019, and, and so uh, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've not traveled many roads, so to speak, in this year of 2019. We've not traveled the road of life, so to speak, in 2019 as we will as we navigate our way through, throughout this year. But it's not a question of whether or not we'll make the journey But it's a question on what course we're going to be willing to travel. What course are we going to choose to travel? Because really, when you think about it, every road has its turns and twists. Every road has, the, has those, those things that's, that's involved in it. Every path has unseen dangers. It has unexpected surprises. And every course, once we initiate, that course will bring the traveler, so to speak, which is you and I, to the ultimate destination of where we're wanting to go. And so the question is, for every one of us today, is is what course will you choose for your life? What direction will you choose for your life in 2019? What path, in other words, will you follow in this year? The Scripture tells us in verse number 11 here in Psalms, it says, Lord, you're going to show me the path of life. Well, if the Lord is going to show me the path of life, then I've got to stay connected to him, right? I want to stay connected to him. There's no saying that we've all said that all roads lead to. Nobody says that? All roads lead to. There you go. Thank you, Sister Mavis. She's not even from America, and she says Rome. I'm just picking with her. All roads lead to Rome. 
And some have mistakenly thought that this principle also is applied to our spiritual destination. But they mistakenly thought that. They mistakenly thought that all paths lead to God. But can I tell you, all paths does not lead to God. But this is not, it's not what the Scripture tells us. The Scripture tells us that God is singular, and the pathway to life and righteousness is one pathway. Is one pathway. When you look in John chapter, chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. When you look in John chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, I am the door, and if any man enters through me, he shall be saved. And so God clearly offers and teaches us that the pathway of life through his son, Jesus Christ, and you cannot begin the journey unless you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if I want to follow the right path today, if I want to go the direction that he wants me to go throughout this year, then I've got to be connected to the Father. I've got to be connected to Jesus. I've got to give my life to the Lord and follow after him because he is the one that's going to show me the way that I need to go. Because God directs and he wants to guide our life. He guides us and he directs us. Listen to me, church. God is not some obscure God. God is not a God that you cannot find. God is not a God that's hiding hiding behind a door somewhere. He's not hiding from you. All you've got to do to find the Father is call out his name and his word says, I will be there. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we call on his name. He's not an indifferent God. He's not an unresponsive God. The psalmist said, you will show me. And so the question is, do we want to know the direction that he has for our lives today? Because there's many paths that lie before every one of us in 2019. And so how in the world are we going to know, Pastor, the path that we need to choose and the path that we need to take? What will be the criteria by which you and I determine the course of life? life this year. Because if you talk to some folk, they'll say, well, I'm just going to do what feels good. If you talk to the other folk, they'll say, well, I'm just going to do what brings me prosperity and a financial benefit. If you talk for some folks, it's going to say, well, what's going to get me the most recognition? Or is it going to make me happy? Or is it going to make me sad? And will my friends approve? Or will my family approve? But can I tell you this morning that the Bible clearly tells you and I what happens when man tries to determine his own course of life. All you got to do is look in Proverbs and it says there is a way which seems right unto man, but the end of that way is death. Hmm. So what that tells me, I don't need to make those decisions by myself. Hello. I've got to stay connected to the Father. And God wants to reveal his will and direction for our life. In fact, God has gone to great lengths today to clearly reveal his divine will for you and I. Now let me stop here long enough and just tell you this. I'm glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad you didn't wake up this morning and say, well, it's a pretty day. It's sun shining outside. I think I'll go to the lake. I think I'll go to the park. I think I'll do whatever. I'm glad you chose to come to the house of the Lord today. But understand this. God already knew. He predestined years before you ever was born that this day would come. You would be sitting here under my voice today. You would be sitting here under the Father today. You would hear every song. You would hear every word today and it's you that's going to have to make a decision today amen 
You say, Pastor, does the Lord care that much about me? Yes, he does. I shouldn't have to answer that. Yes, he does. He's went to great lengths. Matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the Bible said this, God, who is sun-dry times and in divers' manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. He hath in these last days, of course, spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And so God has gone to great lengths today to reveal his divine plan and his divine purpose into our lives. But all too often, if we're not careful. We have chosen our own path. Listen, God sent his son. We just come through the Christmas season. We celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. But can I tell you that God went to great detail in sending his son Jesus Christ so that you and I might be saved. He went to great detail over 300 some prophecies of the Old Testament that prophesied the fact that there's coming a savior. You'll call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah spoke about it and others spoke about it that Jesus Christ was going to come and we know through history that he did come but some folks are thinking he was just a good man. He was just somebody that came and now he's no longer longer around. Can I tell you today he's still alive today. He's still here today. He's still fresh today. He's still good today. He still desires to minister to your heart today. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he's gone to great lengths. (laughs) Isaiah tells us that all we like sheep, we've gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Even if that God Even at that, though, God still tries to reveal his path. He still tries to talk to us. He still tries to minister to us. The Bible says, And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so God's word is a divine will for our life. When we look at the word of God, when we consider the word of God, one of the things the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago is get your people back into the word. Amen. Get your people back. If you're not reading this book, shame on you. If you're not studying this book, shame on you. Some of us keep these Bibles in our house and there's 12 inches of dust on them. It's time to knock the dust off. It's time to dry it up. It's time to spread it out and study the Word of God and apply the Word of God into your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Did some of y'all hear that? Did you get that? In 2019, if God ain't saying nothing else to you, then he's saying this, get the word of God in you. Get me in you. Apply it. Digest it. Eat it up. Chew it up. Buy the word of God. Get the word of God and apply it to your life this year. Amen. Hallelujah. His word is divine. It's got a divine will for our lives. His word will for you and I will make known the path of life. You see, there's a great mystery about knowing the will of God. There's not a great mystery about knowing the will of God. We, We think it is sometimes, but there's not a great mystery about this. The problem is that even though God speaks clearly, we often think we know better. That's a good preaching right there. We think we know better. We think when we, 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 we know God that, that I ought to do it this way. You, I don't want to do it your way. God, you don't know anything. I hope none of us has told God that. Let me illustrate that with a little story. There was an old sailor one time who repeatedly, every time he went out, Richard, he got lost at sea. Got lost every time. So his friends got a compass together and they gave it to him. 
to use. The next time he went out and they, they begged him, we urged him, please use this compass. Next time he went out in the boat, he followed their advice and he took the compass with him. But as usual, he became hopelessly confused. He became lost and he was unable to find land. Finally, he was rescued one more time by his friends. They were mad at him. They were disgusted with him. They were impatient with him. And they said, why did not you use the compass that we gave you? You could have saved us a whole lot of trouble. And this old sailor said, I didn't dare to. I wanted to go north, but as hard as I tried to make that needle aim in that direction, it just kept on going south and the old sailor was so certain that he knew the which way that he that was north that he stubbornly tried to force his own personal pers- persuasion upon that compass and he was not able to do so and he tossed that compass over the boat and he said it was a worthless thing and he failed to benefit from the guidance that it offered. Can I tell you if you're in a boat many of you can see the shoreline probably but you still have the opportunity and you still got the responsibility to guide that rudder back to shore. If I don't guide the rudder back to shore, I'm going to stay in the water. If I don't guide it back to my home, I'm going to stay lost. If I don't get into the word of God and apply the word to my life and my family and my church, we're still going to be lost. But I've come to tell you in 2019, we ain't going to be lost. We're going to know where the Lord is. We're getting back into the word of Almighty God. We're going to see him. We're going to follow after him. We're going to see what this word is going to try to tell us. Now listen to me. If we're going to do that from this point, from this pulpit back, not only do I have a responsibility, but you've got a responsibility. Let me just brag on me just a little bit. I thought some of y'all would get tickled. I'm just, I'm just going to be funny a little bit, but Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. On Wednesday nights, and I'm not fussing about you coming, not coming on Wednesday night. I know some of you got some job, you're working shift work. I get it. I, I understand all that. But some of the best teaching that we have, not only from me, but from others that's taught, is happens on Wednesday nights. It does. I'm serious. I mean, we can open up the Word of God. and We can apply it and study. And when we get with connect groups, we do that. And so the point I'm bringing to you is that throughout this year, Quit sitting on your backside. Get up and get to church. If you ain't doing nothing else. Now, if you're sick, I don't want to see you. Because I don't want it. If you got to work, I get it. I understand. But if you're just sitting at the house because you can sit at the house and you can watch something else on television, I'll move on. <laughs> ain't getting no amens there. So the question is, how how then are we going to determine our path? How are we going to determine our path this year? Will you sail through this uncharted water of 2019 with or without a compass? Are we going to to follow his word or are we not going to follow his word? Proverbs, again, says there's a way that seems right unto man, but but the end of it is death. But the end of it is death. And so when you look at Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, it's sort of opposite because Psalm 16, 11 says, Lord, you're going to show me the path of life. You're going to show me the path of life. 
Do you understand when we get in that path of life that the Bible tells, tells us that there are rewards that comes from following and walking in God's pathway? I can receive rewards from following after the Lord. The Bible says in your presence, and I talked about this last Wednesday night, there is a fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Contrary to what the carnal man may think, 1 Timothy tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so first we understand and we see the source is revealed. That revealing part is this part. In his presence. Everybody say that. In his presence. In your presence, Lord. The Bible says there's joy and happiness that's found in his presence. Joy and happiness is not to be found in the abundance of the things of this world. You can have however many houses you want. You can have whatever kind of bank account you want. But you're not going to have a fulfilling joy and a happiness that Jesus is talking about. Amen. You're not going to find it with bigger houses. You're not going to find it with better cars. You're not going to find it with bigger bank accounts. It will not be attained by gaining all the recognition or moving higher up the corporate ladder. We spend our time and we spend our energy if we're not careful chasing things only to be left empty and to be left burdened and be left owing, owing everybody and to be left all kinds of things. What the heart of man seeks for and what the heart of man longs for can simply be found in having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that came down. He's the one that died for you. He's the one that shed his live blood. He's the one that gave up his life so that you and I might be saved. And he's saying right now, at the right hand of the Father, that's my child. That's my child. That's my child. That's my child. One day I'm coming back after my kids. Hallelujah. In his presence. In his presence. And so, the Lord, so, so we know that the Lord then offers us life. And in that life, he gives us a fullness of joy in his presence. Do you understand that it was for this that you and I were created? It was for this that we were created, to receive the fullness of life, the fullness of joy, the fullness of all the benefits that God wants to bless his kids with. Amen. Now look, if I, was to, if I was to take time this morning and go around and ask all you mamas that has kids, I promise you every mama and every father in here probably would say, hey, we want to we give our kids the best that we can give them, right? We all are that way. We want to we bless them. We want to give them the best that we can give them. When I was born, mom and dad gave me the best that they could give. When my kids was born, we want to give them the best that, that, that we could give at the time, right? We all want to do that. Well, the Lord desires to give his kids the best that he has. And it's a fullness of joy. It's a fullness to be in his presence. It's to have fellowship with him. Do you understand that the greatest achievement and blessing that you and I can attain this year is simply to follow the path of life that Psalms is talking about, to follow his way, to live your life in the presence of the Lord, to walk in fellowship with him. It doesn't matter what you will encounter along the journey 
as long as you have the presence of Almighty God, it doesn't matter what hiccups may be in the road, as long as I can hold on, Sister Lawson, to his nail-scarred hand, it doesn't matter what mountains I have to climb or what rivers I have to go through or what valleys I have to cross, as long as I can hold on to Jesus Christ, his presence will strengthen you in times of weakness. His presence will guide you in those times of indecision. His presence will comfort you in those times of grief and loss. His presence will assure you in the times of uncertainty. His presence will empower you in the moment of doubt. Why? Because in his presence there is a fullness of joy. Hallelujah. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His abundance is going to be revealed. As I've said, there's a fullness of joy. Jesus said in John 10, 10, said, I come that they might have life, period. Is that what it said? Didn't stop there, though, did it? Huh? I've come that they might have life and have have it more abundantly. Have you ever wondered why it seems that some of us Christians, we, we only get half of that verse? Or have you ever noticed that, but we, we get half of it. Let me explain what I'm talking about. We confess to receive the newness of life in Christ many times, but then we go around and act like and talk like we've been shortchanged. Is that all right? Always talking about the cost of serving God. Pastor, there's a cost of serving. If I, if I give my life to Christ, I've got to give up too many things. Well, don't give them up. And in the end, you'll find out where you're going to head. You, you still make your decision. God's not going to force himself on you. Jesus is not going to force himself on you. You have to make the ultimate decision. But if I only choose life and I don't choose that abundant life, then I'm going to shortchange myself of receiving the fullness, sister reigns, of joy that I can receive. To receive the fullness of joy. Always talking about the cost of serving God. What they gave up, how much life is a struggle just to stay faithful. Have you ever, have you ever been in those testimony services where you had a sister or a brother to get up and say, Pastor, I thank God that for salvation. But the devil's been after me all week long. He's been on my heels, preacher. I need the church to pray. And you understand at that point, they don't have to go any farther that they've received life. But, Brother Sam, they don't understand the fullness of life. They don't understand the life more abundantly because my Bible tells me that when the devil is on my heels and the devil is tempting me, all I've got to do is say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Get away from me. Now, y'all may, may have come this morning, 2019, thinking y'all are going to hear some kind of encouraging, and I hope this is encouraging. But I'm just going to preach what truth is. Is that all right? Sometimes we let the devil bother us too much. We let the devil talk to us too much. Or we listen to him too much. I don't need to listen to the devil in 2019 when I understand who my father is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why in the world? Come here, Dad, right quick if you don't mind. You don't have to come up here, but just right here. Why in the world, if Dad, if I'm asking his opinion on something uh, concerning life and death, okay, you get it? 
and he gives me a response that's a good response, then why in the world would I get another father figure, so to speak, that I have no idea who he is, I don't know anything about his background, so to speak, but just because he may have a degree or just because he may have a big bank account or just because he's known in the community and I'm going to choose to listen to what he says over my own father that loves me, that cares about me, that understands who I am, that understands all my good and all my bad and where I come from and all of these things and all he wants is the best for me. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? What are you saying, Pastor? Sometimes we choose to listen. <laughs> I started to say something I ought not said right there. We choose to listen to celebrities because we think they know it. We choose to listen to Hollywood folk because we think they know it. We choose to listen to politicians because we think they know it. If you, if you listen to politicians, I don't know what's wrong with you. I can't help you. I don't care, Republican, Democrat, I don't care what you are. They all crazy, in my opinion. But if I choose to listen to all of that instead of this and my heavenly father, I got some issues I got to fix. But in 2019, I've got to get on the path that God wants me to follow and to follow after him. Amen? He says, I've come that you might have a life and might have it more abundantly. And many times, if we're not careful, the truth is, is we have not fully understood or grasped what we have received in Jesus Christ. We hadn't understood it. So our focus sometimes is wrong. And, and what we're looking, we're looking backwards in life at what they've left. We're looking backwards in life at the things that we think, that we thought was important instead of looking forward to Christ and what is awaiting us in the future. Did not Jesus say one time, I got to go away? Got to go. But if I go, I'm going to come again. Is that what he said? I got to go away. I got to prepare a place. I got to prepare a place where that I am, there you may be also. And so if he said that, Marilyn, that, that he's got to go away, but I'm coming back, then my responsibility as his child, I'm looking for him. I'm keeping my eyes on him. I'm looking, for the, I'm looking for the Father. My ears are in tune with, with the trumpet sound. I, I'm ready to hear the trumpet sound. When I get up in the day, this could be the day. When I lay my head down at night, this, this could be the night. I could, just, I could just go to the Father even in my sleep. Wouldn't that be wonderful? This could be the year. 2019 could be the year, Brother Reigns, that Jesus Christ decides to come back after his church. Amen. Hallelujah. And so are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready? Are you going to be following the path that you need to follow? Are you, are you, going, to, are you going to follow that? God is, God's promised us that by living in fellowship with him, through Christ, I've already told you this, that it produces a, a fullness of joy in Christ. A fullness of joy. I like the story about these three prospectors. They, at one time, they, they found a, a rich vein of gold in California during the gold rush days. And they realized what a great discovery that they had found. Phenomenal. And so all three of them got together and they decided, we've got a good thing going on here as long as nobody else knows about it. 
if we can keep it to ourselves. Three prospectors talking, found this rich gold vein. If we can keep this to ourselves, And so they, they took a vow to keep it secret. And so all three of them, they headed to town to, to, to file their claim and, and get all the equipment that was necessary to mine this gold. And, and true to their vows, they didn't say a word to nobody. They filed their claim. They brought, bought their equipment. They headed back to their mine. But when they did, there was a crowd of people that followed these three prospectors. They followed them. And the reason that the people followed these three prospectors is because of the expression on their face. It had given them away. Their faces was aglow and anticipa anticipation for the wealth and soon would be theirs. People knew that they must have found something very special and so they followed them around town. You gotta understand something, church. In 2019, Hold on to your britches this morning. But in 2019, you need to get a glow about you because you found something very special. You found a gold mine in Jesus Christ. Quit looking mully-grubbed and down and out and disappointed. God's still God. He's still coming back after his church. He's still in charge. He's still on the throne this morning. Everywhere you go in Walmart, they ought to see Jesus on your face. Every time you go to work, they ought to see Jesus on your face. Every time somebody cuts you off in traffic, they ought to see Jesus on your face. Every time somebody's going to rub you the wrong way, they need to see Jesus on your face. I can hear some of y'all right now talking, pastor's preaching to himself. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I wonder, I just wonder. Through our expression, Brother Raines, how many people we could lead to Christ just by looking like we love him? I wonder how many people we could change their life and change their walk by simply them looking at us and saying, hey, I don't know what you got, but I, I want it. I don't understand how you can look like you look in the tragedy that I know that you're in. I, I don't understand how you can feel like you can you can stand up under the load that I know that you're going through. How do you do that? And you're able to tell them about the fullness of joy that Christ has placed upon you. Hallelujah. See, this joy I'm talking about, it's a joy we experience in Christ. Really, when you think about it, the, it's nothing like the world has ever known. It's nothing like the world has ever given you. Nothing. Being personal, when I got married, Karen and I, I was full of joy because I'd found the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with. I had joy. I was happy. When our son was born, Adam, boy, I was joyous as a dad. I was a proud dad. The firstborn being a boy. Proud dad. When Abby was born, our daughter, proud dad. Boy, I didn't think I could experience any more joy. Then the grandkids started coming along. Boy, I wish I'd have had them first. Joy. Joy. But do you understand that it's, it, it's nothing compared to the joy that I have serving Christ? Nothing compared. It's not based on circumstance. It's, it's not based on relationship. 
as such as such we as we live our lives following the path of life we we live a life in constant relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and our joy comes as a product our joy is a manifestation if you will of the relationship that we have in Christ our relationship should cause us to look forward Our relationship with him should cause us to anticipate with joy everything that awaits you and I in eternity. Some things I can read about, but I guarantee there's some things, Brother Rains, we we don't even know about. How do you know that? Because I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard. Everything. Even Jesus refers to our salvation in a similar way. In Matthew 13 and 44, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a, a treasure that was hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy he goes after that, and he sells all that he hath, and he buys the field. He sells everything. He gives up everything. All the material possessions, all the things that once brought him joy, all the things that he thought was of value, but yet he finds this treasure that was worth more than that, and he sells it all. The fullness of joy cannot be kept hidden. Now, now listen to me. If you are a child of God, how do I need to say this? Sometimes, I'll just put me in the hot seat. Sometimes I question our salvation, and our fullness of joy based upon how we look and act all the time. Does that make sense? If I'm miserable 24 hours a day, seven days a week, something's wrong. Something's wrong, and it's not everybody else. They may have added to it, but it's not everybody. At some point in time, I've got to look at me. I've got to change my thought pattern. I've got to change my perspective. I've got to change of who I am in Christ and even understand the fact that I am in Christ. And if I am in Christ, I'm a new creation. If I am in Christ, he's for me. He's not against me. If I am in Christ, Sister Marion, there ought to be every now and then a few minutes of the day I can smile. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and show them your pearly whites. Just smile at them real big. <laughs> It'll help you. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. That's what science tells us anyway. <coughs> Let me close here. <clears throat> Even under the, the, the most hardest, difficult circumstance, Christ will shine through. He'll shine through. He'll shine through. Joy doesn't originate in circumstances, but it originates in the, in the relationship that we have in, with God through Christ. And when we recognize that, what we have enjoyed up to this point in Christ is just a token. It's just a small thing compared to the of what awaits us, what he's got awaiting us. The Bible tells us in Psalms, In thy right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. 
In thy right hand there's pleasures forevermore. That which God offers you and I through Christ is permanent. It does not fade away. It does not go away. It lasts. Amen. God says there's pleasures forevermore. Forevermore. Some people think God doesn't want them to enjoy life. That's a lie. That he wants them to give up every pleasure in life. That's a lie. That's a lie. I don't know who gave you that impression. It's just the opposite. God wants you and I to have a life, the Bible said, that is full of joy and pleasures forevermore, unlike the pleasure of sin that the Bible says is yet for a season. Pastor, is sin fun? Yes. I can't believe he said that. Well, answer it yourself. All of y'all are sinners. Right? I mean, that's what my Bible says. All have sinned, right, and come short of the glory of God. So sin can be fun. But it's seasonal. It's seasonal. You've, you've heard me say this. It's an old saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin brings forth death. And so if I know that, if I know that according to the word of God, if I'm going to follow his path, and at, at some point in my life I've got to say, God, I recognize this fact. And I'm surrendering my life unto you. I give my life unto you. There's one thing I've found out as as, as being a Christian. Is I can have fun all the time. We talk about sin being fun. I can have fun being a Christian. I can have joy being a Christian. I can be elated being a Christian. I am every day. I hum and I sing every day. Ask Karen. Ask Brother Cup. Ask Brother Caleb. Ask Jacob around here. I'll hum all the time. In the office, in the hallway, on a ladder, putting up insulation, putting up a two-by, it don't matter. I'm just going to hum. Why? Why do I do that? It's a habit, Pastor. Say it all you want to. But it's partly because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. I know who's in charge. I know who's on my side. And I'm going to sing the goodness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In closing, there's a guy by the name of Vance Hanover said it this way. He said, there's something wrong with our Christianity when we have to beg most of our crowd to come to church to hear about it. Hmm. Something wrong with our salvation, with our Christianity, when we have to beg most of the crowd to come to church to hear about salvation. So, my last question, have you forgotten the joy of your salvation? Have you forgotten the joy of of your salvation. Every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, you know my heart today. Lord, I'm not willing... And your Bible says you're not either. But you're not willing that any should perish, but that should have eternal life. But God, we have to answer that ourselves. We have to make that decision. 
We have to make that decision. And I believe with all of my heart, you led this people here today for such a time as this. For they can examine their heart. They can examine their life. I'm not judging anybody today, God. I'm not the judge. I didn't die for them. You did. So I'm not going to judge. But Lord, all I'm asking is that we, as your people, including myself, that we examine who we are in Christ today. We examine who we are as your people today. And Lord, if we're lost and we don't know you as Lord and Savior, may we surrender our life to you. May we give our heart to you. Let this first Sunday, January the 6th, 2019, let it be a reminder. Let it be a turning point in our walk and in our faith with you today, God. Help us right now. Holy Spirit, do your work. Go throughout this congregation today. I'm not wanting to embarrass anyone. I'm not wanting to, to bring anybody, oh God, it would cause everybody to look. That's not what my point is. But God, help us to examine ourselves today. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Draw us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Well, every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. Are you where you need to be with Jesus today? Are you where you need to be with him? Are you saved? Are you set free? Are you delivered? Is there some things in your life that you need to change? Is there some things that you want to do different in 2019? And if you'll be honest with yourself, if you'll be honest with God, if you'll be honest with me, with no one else looking around, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Put it right back down. Thank you, thank you. That's me. I want to change my, my walk. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to change who I am. I want, to, I want to redirect my life and my walk with the Father. That's me. I want, to, I want to change. I want to get saved today. I want to give my life to Christ. Would you just lift your hands? Put it right back down. All over this house, in the balcony, wherever you may be. I want to give my heart to the Lord today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.